You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sunny Side Up. Once again, I'm your host, Asher Matthew, and I'm super excited to speak with Fred Page about leveling up as an exec. This is a topic that we've been spending a lot of time on because as you unpack what it takes for the journey from to go from an exec to being a super exec, there's a lot of things, right? Like in some of the podcasts that we've spoken about that this is an intentional decision. In some of the podcasts we've talked about that there is no set path. You can take detours and build your holistic set. Today, I, I'm super excited because we're going to be talking about what it means to be building a growth mindset. And, and I can't wait to dive in. But before that, Fred, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello. How are you? Hi, sure. Really Thank nice you. to be on the show today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't. I'm super excited here. Yeah. Can you give us a little bit of an introduction to yourself, please? And let us know how you got to where you are? Sure, absolutely. So you probably recognize my accent, right? I'm French originally, I was born in France, uh, started my career in the public sector in France uh, as a manager. Uh, and then I decided that I wanted to have an experience abroad. I, I didn't want to, 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 to be in, only in France and only speaking French. We was very interested in um, meeting other people, speaking other languages, discovering other cultures. So I moved to the UK for a while Scotland, uh, working with IBM, uh, then it led me to Spain, actually, Barcelona. Uh, and this is where I started to work with SAP after working in a startup. Um, I decided to join SAP, that was back in uh, 2007. And in 2013, I was offered the opportunity to relocate to the US, uh, to California, to launch SAP Sales Academy for early talent, uh, which I did and I've been here since then. And it's a fantastic experience. Wow, and and I think, I think over twelve. Did you say over twelve hundred people have participated in this academy? Absolutely, yes, over twelve hundred. Usually, a couple of groups each year of one hundred young people, fifty uh, percent men, fifty percent women, coming from all over the world and starting a sales career at SAP. Wow, what an impact! What an impact! All right, so you are as close as it is, I believe to helping people understand what it means to develop a growth mindset, right? So that's the topic we want to dive into today. So I guess before we start, let's just define what a growth mindset is, right? So what would your definition of a growth mindset be? Yes, absolutely. So maybe an easy way to look at it would say it's the opposite of a fixed mindset. <laughs> <laughs> so what is a fixed mindset? I think a fixed mindset would be when you, you believe that, um, you know, you were born with a set of abilities uh, and that's fixed. That cannot change. Right. Um, you don't like to make mistakes. Uh, you believe that what you know is what you know. And, and there's no more to that. You don't really take change, chances or risks. Um, so a growth mindset is the opposite of that, is to believe that you can always grow, you can always learn, uh, you, 
should embrace mistakes and learn from them, uh, understand your gaps, your blind spots, um, and trying to find solutions to those, uh, take chances, uh, ask for help, ask for forgiveness um, as well. So I would say it's a choice. Growth mindset is a choice and it's really a, a way to embrace fully uh, the fact that uh, it's a journey. <laughs> personally or professionally and you're never at the end of it you keep growing and learning that's fantastic and, and you know the reason why we want to triple down on this topic is because there's a lot of commentary about building a growth mindset but not a lot of mechanical conversation or maybe like like diving deeper into how does one build one how do you know if you're on the right path do what are the other parameters that need to exist, right? Like all of those things, I feel like there's not enough that unpacks this concept and uh, and and there's not enough, like I would say growth mind trendsetters out there that, can, that you can follow, right? But again, this podcast is all about understanding strategy, but tactically attacking it so you can make a difference with the actionable tips that we share, right? So that's why I wanted. So in, in your uh, experience of helping people uh, develop a growth mindset, right? Like to me, learning always happens in three ways. There's education, exposure, and experience, right? Though that's my framework. But what is your framework that you've developed over the years in teaching all of these amazing young people who then go do amazing things later on? And I'm sure a lot of those people have become execs and then they're on this journey to become a super exec. Absolutely. That's, that's amazing to see some of them, uh, you know, now in leadership positions globally, uh, and that that's really something amazing because we when we started the program we thought we are going to prepare them for the first job at SAP which is to be a successful account executive but we realized very quickly that it was not enough we needed to prepare them for two steps ahead and to become the future leaders right so to come back to growth mindset um, something important in my opinion is to consider that. Um, Nobody is really 100% a fixed mindset person. And actually, I, I hate putting a label and saying to someone, oh, this person is a fixed mindset person or this person is a growth mindset person for that matter. I think we all have behaviors that can reflect at some point a fixed mindset. It all happens to us, right? For example, somebody comes to you with a new idea and you're like, oh, oh hold on, we've tried that before, didn't work. That can happen to everyone, right? So uh, it's a process. Um, and so the first step for me uh, is really self-awareness, is to identify, to, to self-reflect, to look at your own behaviors and being aware of, okay, my behavior right now, is it a behavior that's more aligned to growth mindset, set of behaviors, or to a fixed mindset. And again, it's perfectly normal to have reactions sometimes where you're like, well, I'm frustrated, or, or somebody is giving you feedback and you feel a bit defensive. That's a fixed mindset behavior, right? To be defensive when feedback is given to you, as opposed to embrace feedback and say feedback is an opportunity to grow, to learn, to identify your blind spot, maybe, and to become better, right? So the first step would be self-awareness. How do you get that? Well, first of all, self-reflection is important. And as executives, we don't make enough time for self-reflection. We caught into the, the, the tasks and the actions and what we have to do. So taking the time to self-reflect and then asking others and asking others broadly around you. I do believe in 360 degree assessments. They can be very useful, but also ask your friends, your family, your significant other, right? Uh, explain them what is a growth mindset behavior and then ask them, 
when you give me feedback, do I look defensive or do I embrace this feedback and try to learn more about that? Am I somebody who likes to try new things? Or am I somebody who is like, oh no, don't take any risks, right? So your own awareness and feedback from others can 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 help to as a first step. Yep. No, th thank you. Thank you for diving into it. And I guess is there a good time to intentionally develop a growth mindset? Like, do you have to have certain experiences in life already? Do you, or, you know, like, like of all the people that you have helped grow their careers, right? Like, like there must be some level of, I guess, patternization that you see or the patterns that you see where people are now at this level and then when they re at when they were at that level and they applied the the framework of the of, of growth mindset it really acted as a catalyst versus when people tried this earlier on they weren't necessarily able to i'm curious if, if there's some patterns that have evolved based on the people that have gone through your academic programs Sure. So what we're doing as, as our says was anyway to try to hire for growth mindset. So in the hiring process for the program, and, and that's something I would encourage anyway, any any company hiring people, right, to, to use those criteria in your selection process. So we try to hire for growth mindset, or at least for the potential to develop growth mindset. For example, the being curious, right? Uh, is the person curious? And, and you can... Um, ask questions to the person, right? Tell me about the time uh, where you had to complete a task, but you were not given all the details. What did you do to complete that task, right? Because you're really um, looking if the person is driven to ask questions. Are they curious? Are they asking questions? Being curious is definitely a behavior that's totally aligned to, to a growth mindset, right? Uh, taking chances, asking for help, right? So at the beginning of the program in the hiring process, we, we're looking at those growth behaviors, taking chances, being curious, asking for help, asking for feedback, striving for growth, learning from mistakes, overcoming challenges. And we have a series of questions that we ask to identify that, right? So we give an opportunity to the person to, for example, learning from mistakes. Uh, tell me about a professional failure on your career. What did you learn from that? What do you do differently the next time? So to answer your questions, we include those elements in the hiring process. Now we don't expect perfection, right? But at least the beginning of something that tells us, okay, this person, you know, is more likely to develop a, a, a growth mindset. And then through the program, uh, we create those opportunities to fail, to learn about yourself, to ask for feedback, to receive feedback. So we continue working during the program on all those uh, behaviors that will be useful. And again, for me, it's a journey, right? You never, you, you cannot one day wake up and say, oh, I'm a growth mindset person, 100%, right? I still a work in progress. Yeah, no, to totally. And I guess let's focus on now a little bit further in their journey, right? So now they are exact. Yep. And, uh, and, and now they have an aspiration to be a super exec. Right. And uh, and and my, my definition of super exec is somebody who's been an exec a couple of times and now they are are they have understood the environment that they're in. 
right? And they've built a muscle to understand and flourish in that environment that they're in, right? And now they have to tackle being a growth mindset because they are hitting a ceiling and they're not understanding what's happening. And maybe one of the things is to go develop a growth mindset. And so how does that person now understand how to unlock themselves? And so would love for your feedback on that. Sure, and you know, again, it's it's very important. Self awareness, it's it's the fir- the first step. Again, self awareness is not just at the beginning of the journey, right? It's at, again in the in the different steps. So taking the time to to pause and 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 think, okay, what have I learned in my previous experience as a leader? What worked well for me? What didn't work so well? Uh, have I failed? And if yes, what have I learned from that? How am I constantly, am I being curious? Am I trying to learn new things? Uh, and then again, complement that with feedback around you from others, right? I always recommend to create this trusted circle or a, um, some people call it a, your table of five, right? Who are the five or six people around you that, who are invested in your success? Who trust you trust them they trust you the rule from the beginning is that they're not going to tell you what you want to hear but they want they're going to tell you what's going to help you grow and be better so they're going to tell it like it is so who are those five to six person and i would recommend you have them early in your career uh, i have them around me right uh, and they don't have to be people working in the same company they can be uh, ex-colleagues they can be students you were at college with they can be members of your family and constantly ask them uh, every few weeks, every few months, have a conversation with them. What did you see I've been doing well in the last few months in our relationship? That again represents growth mindset behaviors, right? What is it that when, when did you catch me not having a growth mindset behavior? When did you see me having fixed mindset behaviors, for example, right? So as you're preparing for the next step of your career, uh, get the self-awareness, this feedback from your trusted circle. And if you can include in this trusted circle in your table of five, someone who is your, you aspire to be, right? Maybe one of the senior leaders in your organization, maybe somebody who can, uh, you, you look up to, right? Somebody who can give you feedback based on their perspective as well, right? Now, mentors can help as well to, you know, help you to give you this type of feedback. But if you include gross mindset behaviors as part of your own self-reflection and what you ask to others, then you constantly see if you are meeting those criteria that will help you really develop the gross mindset. Uh, are you, how are you doing in terms of asking for help, of being curious, of taking chances, of asking for feedback, uh, learning from your mistakes, right? Overcoming challenges. So you constantly monitor your own growth mindset behaviors. Yeah, no, the, the, this this is this is great, and and I love the fact that you said you need to have five people that are most invested in your success and, and and to go. But do the rules of developing a growth mindset change at the executive level, or the speed at which you do need to develop it changes? Love to hear your thoughts on that. Yes, I, I would say that the foundations remain the same in, in what I've experienced myself or I've seen others, and in particular, you know, the 
participants to our program, uh, whatever the position was at the very beginning of the career as an account executive, becoming a first line manager or now an executive, right? At the end of the day, um, they may be more accountable because now it's not only for them, but they are also accountable for the success of their teams. And obviously their role in the organization is growing and they have more people reporting to them. So more people to care for, more people to be accountable for, right? And, um, so it, it, yes, you're right, the pace, you know, uh, the, the responsibilities, all of that is more important, but the foundation of the growth mindset remain the same, in my opinion. You really have, and that's something that when executives grow in the organization, Sometimes they believe that because they have more responsibilities, because they're more, they have more, you know, higher hierarchical position, admitting failure, for example, or saying I don't know, or asking for help, is going to be a problem. They believe that uh, they need to have all the answers, right? Um, so you constantly have to to remind yourself, no. If I have a growth mindset, whether I am a first line sales manager or I'm a CFO of the company, asking for help admitting my mistakes, being able to say I don't know, that's as important as when I started my career and I was a first-line manager. Yep, yep. No, no th th this is this is great uh, insight. And are there any books or materials that you recommend people should dive into that you've seen over your career that have helped others that you've coached? Yes, I'm a big reader of of books. So it, obviously, the, when we talk about growth mindset, Carol Dweck, uh, you know, foundational book uh, is very uh, important, right? So I would recommend people to read that, that book. For me, one book that really helped me a lot as a leader, and um, is uh, or, or there's more than one of the books by uh, Vince Molinaro, Dr. Vince Molinaro, the last one being Accountable Leaders. So Accountable Leaders is for me such a great book because it really starts from the idea that if you're a leader, you're going to be held accountable and you have to hold yourself accountable, right? You have to be accountable and that's even more important. And that sometimes we forget that because a lot of managers uh, or leaders are in their position because it was the next logical move in their career or because they were offered a job. It was they just applied and they, they didn't really make the decision to become a leader and to fully embrace what it means to be a leader. Um, and a big part of that is your growth mindset, again, your ability to be curious, your ability to ask for help, to say, I don't know, to ask for feedback, to overcome challenges. So um, yeah, I would recommend those, the books, Carol, Carol Dweck's book, for sure, and uh, Vince Molinaro's book, they, um, on top of my mind, I'm also reading Humanocracy at the moment, which is a good book, Rebel Talent, um, Francesca Gino's book, amazing as well, to really thought-provoking about the importance of growth mindset. Uh, it sounds like we need to have a book review session with you so we can dissect some <laughs> of those books and the topics, you know, because Carol Dweck's book has come up in conversation now a few times, especially when Satya Nadella talked about her in his View from the Top session that he did with at Stanford University, right, and, and being a foundational book that helped him. And, uh, and he had a huge, huge, huge task in front of him 
to change the culture of a company as a non-founder when the founders were around, right? And it's it's super duper difficult to do that. Absolutely, and and really transformation, especially culture, transforming a culture starts with the behaviors, right, of of everyone in the company, right, from the the employees to the leaders, but also the leaders are role model, right. So starting with those behaviors, those growth mindset behaviors, is very important. Now, of course, the the culture of the company itself. Uh, the practices, organizational practices of the company are also important and all of them must be aligned, right? If, for example, I've developed a growth mindset and I believe that failing is a learning opportunity, but then around me, uh, leaders consider that failure is bad and, and, and they're going to reproach you, they're not going to say, I have your back if you make a mistake. Uh, it, it's not aligned, you, it, it doesn't work, right? So it's really... People's behaviors are individuals' behaviors, but they must be aligned with the practices in the company. Do the practices, the organizational practices support or are aligned to those growth mindset behaviors? And, and is the culture of the company, is the example from the top leadership for really reflects death? And if it's not the case, whether you try to change it from inside, which is sometimes difficult, or you go and work somewhere else. Totally. And, you know, as you were saying this, I'm thinking about like tactically speaking right like in your day-to-day -day, how does one confirm that they have a growth mindset right and i'll give you the example right like it, it's a personal example right I, uh, uh, way back in the day i used to speak in a loud voice and now i try to breathe more before i speak and you know it's those fundamental small things that allow you to be present in conversations. And when you're present in conversations, the other person feels engaged, right? When they feel engaged, now you're both connected, right? Like it's those things. So, so are there things that you've observed these, let's call it high performers in your sales academy or the really good executives that display by your definition, a growth mindset that they do that our audience could benefit from? Yes, and you mentioned something key, um, listening. Right, you 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 decided to. So I don't know if you. Somebody must have given you feedback. Maybe is it when you realized the the example you just gave? Is it because you got feedback? Absolutely. Exactly. Yes. Well, and you decided to use this feedback, right? So that's that's a gross mindset. It's to first of all not you don't get defensive or think or, or ignore the feedback or believe that what you were doing was was great and why should I change, right? So you really took in this feedback and use it. So to answer your question about our participants, the best participants, the top performers were always, and, and I could tell, you know, the very first week in the program, they had their very first evaluation and we give them feedback. And, and the, the way, and, and we typically give them harsh feedback because we want to see the reaction, right? Even if they were doing something well. I can predict in the first week, based on their reaction to feedback, how they're going to perform in the program. Those who get defensive, using yes, but, or uh, trying to explain why I'm wrong when I'm giving them the feedback, they usually perform less well than those who, who take the time to say, thank you for the feedback. Um, asking, sometimes challenging the feedback. Eh? Some of them saying, okay, uh, I'm not sure I fully understand, or give me an example, or uh, what, what could I do to, do to be better the next time? So the reaction to feedback, first indicator, for sure. 
So again, that's something you can ask others. You can say, hey, can you, when, when I'm given feedback, when you give me feedback, how do I react? Do you just embracing the feedback, welcoming the feedback, or do you see me getting defensive and trying to explain why you're wrong and I'm right, right? So that's the first thing. Then listening, you, you mentioned listening, right? And, um, and, and you know, I'm, I'm running our leadership development program with the leadership team in the UK, for example, you know, SAP UK. And, and one of them, one of the leaders said, we're working on their commitment as leaders. How are we going to walk the talk and be role model leaders? And one said, from now on, we will ask three questions, at least three questions before giving an answer or sharing our opinion or making a comment. And that's so, that was so bold and so great. That's the top leadership team of the market unit, right? So when a lot of them were growing in the company thinking, oh, if somebody asks me something, I need to have the answer right now, they decide to take a step back, ask at least three questions to understand the problem, reframe it if needed, and then share their opinion. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a really good one, too, because so many times people are actually solving the wrong problem, right? So I guess I'm, I'm curious, what does the high potential program look like that you've built or the leadership program? Like, like what are the phases? Like, are you able to give us, like, in broad strokes, the, the phases of the program and how long those programs are? Sure. So the HYPO program or the Early Talent program um, is a nine-month program. Um, and all of those programs are really built with the idea that uh, you don't learn leadership skills or even sales skills by sitting in a classroom and listening all day. You need to practice. You need to apply. So all those programs have... Um, and you're probably familiar with the 10, 20, 70% methodology, right? When you develop a skill, you need 10% of um, theory and understanding the topic. Uh, and then you need 70% of practice, on-the-job practice, and then 20% of coaching, somebody giving you feedback, are you doing the right thing? You know, what can you improve? Peer-to-peer -peer learning and so on. So we really look at those programs, and it's true as well for our leadership program, as something where we keep to a minimum the amount of, theory, but we do push some concepts, at least to start the conversation. And then we rely a lot on peer-to-peer -peer learning, uh, group discussions, small group discussions, and all the time, how are you going to apply that uh, when you go back to your, to your job and how are you going to keep learning on your job? And then when you come back to the next session, whether it's a two-hour workshop or a full week of learning and practicing, you always come back with, this is what I've applied, this is what I've done that worked well, this is where what didn't work. Uh, and we always start with this peer-to-peer -peer, uh, coaching, mentoring, consulting, where, where people can share their experience and, and, and learn together. So we really try to make them holistic programs. Um, and repetition and, and duration is, is important, right? So the, the early talent program is nine months with a lot of periods of, you know, on-the-job activities with a mentor. The leadership program, it depends on the what we're trying to achieve. Um, we've been running a program with the entire Latin America region for the last two years, right? And we have regular meetings with the entire leadership team there. 
That's unbelievable. I mean, so much energy is going into enabling the future and, uh, and, and only good things can come from it. And I'm a big fan of, uh, at least for folks that have not been through uh, leadership development, is to apply or find out. Because a lot of people don't even know that a hypo program exists, right? And so, and what do they need to demonstrate to get there? And then, and then once they're in the executive ranks, there's so many resources that are available to them because companies spend a lot of money trying to help their executives perform better because they know they have to continually, continually uh, invest in them. Absolutely. And it's very interesting what you said because we've also seen many times that the more you the more responsibilities you get and obviously time become an issue right and you and and you try to prioritize and and sometimes learning suddenly is not a priority one again because some leaders think okay now i'm in a position where i need to at least do everything and and maybe admitting that i need i have a gap could be uh, considered as a weakness right so we have to really turn this around and say no even more right and i would say that learning something new for a leader is also a way to show vulnerability because you're sending the message to your team hey i don't have all the answers i don't know everything and actually i'm still learning and i'm going to learn something new and i'm going to face all the challenges of being a beginner again i think a beginner's mind is also something important when we talk about growth mindset since it's really a journey where you keep you keep learning No, this was great. I mean, thank you so much for for wa- having this discussion and being open with the information that you have and and sharing those two books. I mean, I think Carol Dweck's book definitely is a must read. I'm actually having my team go through it. And uh, and interesting, there's a lot of YouTube videos as well that that people can uh, can view and and if they're interested in this topic topic further dive into and i believe there's a growth mindset community as well um online and and people can can join and and trade tips and tricks of of how they were able to unlock themselves because so much of this journey is mental versus physical yes uh, absolutely personally i think that's really the balance between the, the, the you know the body and the energy coming from the physical, the, the mind, obviously, we're talking about the mindset, but also the, the, the emotions and all of that is important. There is, we're talking about recommendations and it's also linked to growth mindset, the notion of psychological safety, right? If you operate in an environment, we, we talked a lot about making mistakes and learning from them. Uh, and that all, not all the cultures are, corporate cultures encourage that. Because in many corporate cultures, there's no psychological safety, right? You, you, you don't feel safe as a leader, as an employee to experiment, to try new things, to fail and to learn, right? So uh, Amy Edmondson, uh, you know, TED Talk and her book and all the concept of psychological safety that comes from the Google uh, research, right? The uh, project Aristotle, all of that is something we're fully embracing uh, at SAP and we creating and for me it's wonderful to work with the team the leadership team of the uk uh they have such a great managing director there he really wants to impact the culture and um psychological safety is something we're working on is how do we create this environment where people feel safe empowered take risks experiment learn from their mistakes and keep going because that's in my opinion is really what leads to innovation 
So, so that's actually a really important point, right? Are you able to share a couple of the initiatives that you've streamlined or launched that allow for psychological safety? Because in a corporate environment, sometimes it gets tough based on all the noise that people are hearing. Oh, yes, absolutely. So again, I believe that uh, role model leaders can lead the way. They can show the way. But even if you're an individual contributor, you can model psychological safety, right? When you are in a team meeting and you encourage people to speak, you know, for example, if you're somebody who speaks a lot, <laughs> well, sometimes thinking, hey, should I leave a bit more space to my colleagues? Hey, this colleague hasn't shared anything yet. Should I maybe encourage them to speak up? Um, and then instead of when someone is sharing an idea, even if you don't necessarily share the idea or like the idea, instead of shutting down this person and saying, oh no, that's a bad idea. We've tried that before. It never worked, right? Built on what this person is saying, using yes and instead of yes but, right? And so you can really model as a leader you, you should do that anyway, but even as an individual contributor, you should you can model psychological safety by uh, the way you interact with your colleagues, the way you act in a meeting, um, where you can really encourage people to speak up, to not be j judging their ideas, right? So you can encourage people to freely share their ideas, build on each other's ideas. It doesn't work, that's fine. We'll learn from it and we'll do something else. There won't be any retribution. You don't have to feel embarrassed. Uh, if something doesn't go well, yeah, no, that, that's that's a beautiful point, and 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 thank you for sharing that because you know if if the leaders push that thinking downstream, then the frontline gets it, and then the customers experience that, and it's a great feeling because everybody will say, "Wow, this is unique. This is not how people act," and and then there's a level of maturity that the organization demonstrates, and everybody wants to do business with people like that. You're so right, and you're right to mention customers, right? This, that if you model a culture where you treat your employees like customers, you treat your customers like with respect, uh, you, you encourage people to speak up, uh, ask them feedback, receive this feedback, and, and get, getting feedback from your customers is so important, right? The same way you, you want to get feedback from your, from your employees. So you're absolutely right in, in what you just said. Well, Fred, thank you so much for coming on the show. I mean, this has been fantastic. And on the show, we always help people share the stage with other people. So who would be two other people or three other people that you would recommend we invite to the show? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It has been really fun and, and, and interesting to have this conversation with you. So thank you for that. In mind, um, my colleague Mary Mary Calvert, um, Mary's uh, global head um, of people uh, people strategy for all of our, the part of organizations um, of for solutions around procurement and um, you know spend management. So big part of our solution portfolio. So Mary has developed a lot of um, great programs and techniques to with early talent with leaders to to really uh, share some of the topics we've discussed today. So Mary Calvert definitely doing an amazing job. She would be great on your podcast. Um, my other colleague uh, in Ireland, Dara Power, um, who is also very much engaged in helping leaders to become 
better leaders and developing those skills we've been talking about during the pod, the podcast. So both of them, and finally a third person, he, if he was willing to participate, uh, Mikael Verhoeven, who is the managing director of SAP in the UK, uh, impersing such a, a profound transformation in, in culture in his market unit in the in the UK and Ireland um, market unit. So uh, I would recommend them. Well, it's perfect. Well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for coming on the show, spending some time with us. I mean, this is a topic I wanted to do, talk about early in the year as people are firming up how, what skills they want to go and learn and, and, and work towards. And, and it makes executives better. And like our audience is global executives. And so whether they're first time, second time, mature, or an experienced executives, that everybody benefits from this, this information. And, and, uh, and to that note, if someone wanted to reach out to you to talk about this podcast, one, would it be okay? And two, how would they connect with you? Sure, absolutely. You know, happy to continue the conversation or start a conversation with uh, anybody interested. Uh, the best way is to use LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Frederick Page. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, please send me um, a connection request and I'll be happy to start a conversation with you. Perfect, Fred. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and best of luck in your journey. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Asher. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.